This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobbe, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration and the author of The Remarkable Effect. I'm creating a tribe of tech entrepreneurs that are on a mission to do something big and meaningful. I invite you to join the tribe as well, especially if you want to create change that matters and put your software business on momentum that you're proud of. The goal that I have at this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The guest on my podcast today is Gina Biancini, founder and CEO of Mighty Networks. When we see people who are successful in bringing people together and creating just an, an important experience in their lives, mastering something interesting, mastering something important together. I mean, it's incredibly gratifying. What makes what we do so much fun is that, you know, it really is who we are as people to want to come together. And software and, and digital technologies have such power to connect. But, you know, so far they've been used in many cases to create even more isolation. The best way to navigate uncertainty and, you know, rapidly changing environments is through being a member of a community. But again, not an audience, a community that, that we're all sharing and contributing our stories, our experiences, our ideas, not advice actually, but our stories, yes, yeah. experiences, and ideas. And when we can do that, we get to make the rules together. This is Gina. She's an American entrepreneur and investor. Before Mighty Networks, she was a CEO of Ning, which she co-founded with Mark Andreessen. Under her leadership, Ning grew to 100 million people in 300,000 active social networks across subcultures, professional networks, entertainment, politics, and education. In addition to Mighty Networks, Gina serves as a board director at Tecna, a $3 billion broadcast and digital media company. She also served as a board director of Script Networks, a $12 billion public company which owns HTTV, the Food Network, and the Travel Channel, which merged with Discovery Communications in 2018. Gina has been featured on the cover of Fortune and Fast Company, and in Wired, Vanity Fair, Bloomberg, and the New York Times. She has appeared on Charlie Rose, CNBC, and CNN. She grew up in Cupertino, California, graduated with honors from Stanford University, started her career in a nascent high technology group at Goldman Sachs and Company, and received her MBA from Stanford Business School. Her mission at Mighty Networks is to usher in a new era of creative business built on community. And that inspired me, and hence I invited her to my podcast. We explore the challenge in the market where the world seems to be more targeting audiences 
rather than creating communities. We dig deeper into the opportunity for any business to enable their customers to reach bigger goals and stretch in ways that are just not possible operating on their own. And by listening to this podcast, you will learn three things. Firstly, that people really don't need more stuff, but absolutely need more connection and more opportunities to learn and get better. Secondly, how, by creating an online community, you are not only helping your customers, but it also helps you to be much more tuned in with them to get feedback, learn, and get ideas. And thirdly, how building communities as a software business enables you to be much more ambitious. So hi, Gina. Thank you for being available today and be a guest on my podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure on my side. I mean, I have been on the Mighty Networks platform for, I think, over two years now, and I love it. So everybody that's listening to this podcast, check it out. No, and it's, it's become fundamental to, to how I'm pivoting my business. And while I was like looking out for, for stories that are about, you know, what can, what can we do? How can we bring technology and people together to do things we've never been able to do before? At some point, it struck me. I was like, wait a minute, you need to be on my podcast because you're doing this. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we start, not a lot about like what you've been doing in the past, but if you define yourself in one, two, or three words, what would those words be? That's a great question. I think focused, passionate, and this is not one word, but just trying to find the joy in what we're, what we're all doing and why we're all here. Nice. So I got I mean, two words in a phrase. How about that? Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. And that's exactly how I know you. And people that will listen to this podcast will certainly get a lot of passion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, talking about passion, you've been in this business for quite a while. You started a company, if I'm correct, it was Ming. Ming, uh, yes. But, and th- later on, it was uh, moved away from that. And that's where you started Mighty Networks. And this is all about communities and bringing people together to, yeah, to leverage the power of being together. So where is this passion coming from? What drives you? I mean, I think that when we see people who are successful in bringing people together and creating just an, an important experience in their lives, mastering something interesting, mastering something important together. I mean, it's incredibly gratifying. And, you know, what, what makes what we do so much fun is that, you know, it really is who we are as people to want to come together and software and and digital technologies have such power to connect, but, you know, so far they've been used in many cases to create even more isolation. And in part, that's because of the way that, you know, we spend our time in social media just whizzing through a feed and, you know, being a part of an audience as opposed to a community. And we're very clear at Mighty Networks and how we define and think about communities. It's about the connections that get created between people. So it's not about I talk out at you, you talk back at me, and no one's talking to each other. We're creating software so that everybody is talking to each other because that's where the connection can come from. But when we see people you know, have success and do something that is important, you know, whether it's bringing people together who are navigating, you know, bad addictions or people who are looking to get ahead in their career, especially now, especially with everything's going on, you know, the best way to navigate uncertainty and, 
you know, rapidly changing environments is through being a member of a community. But again, not an audience, a community that, that we're all sharing and contributing our stories, our experiences, our ideas, not advice actually, but our stories, yes, yeah. experiences, and ideas. And when we can do that, we get to make the rules together. We get to define what does it mean to be a successful user experience designer? Or what does it mean to build a practice around meditation or a spiritual connection that you know we didn't you know we didn't have before? Or to get confident in how we want to manage our retirement savings or personal finance by hearing the stories and experiences and things that other people are doing, not just listening to you know somebody who is is supposed expert, but yep. leveraging that expert to bring people together to share their stories and their application of a new a new way of doing things or or an old and, and proven way of doing things. So when I think about that, I mean that's why we're here as people. That's sure. what we're doing together and what we're made to do together. And so I mean, I believe that that everything important and everything that brings joy and purpose and impact starts with a community. And whether that's a community that is using online courses to really bring people together and create that journey to master something interesting, or if it's paid through a membership, or it's free and it's you know available for everyone. Although I do believe that people pay attention to what they pay for. That is what we get to wake up every day and, and work on. And it's, you know, it's incredibly meaningful and humbling. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. And that's also exactly what I see and how I've experienced communities in different, in different areas working at their best. It's actually what I also see as a very key component here is that it creates accountability between the members. You want yep. to show up for people because you, know, you can yeah. share your ideas, you get generous feedback, and you give that feedback back. And that, that creates really special moments. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, glad that you came up with the idea and started this, yeah, started the platform Mighty Networks, which is a fantastic name, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. It is a Mighty Network. That's exactly what it is. So, I mean, to give you just another example about how I'm using Mighty Networks is for my tribe. And my focus at the end is to help technology companies out there in the world that have great ideas to become remarkable at what I do. And I also have realized that becoming remarkable at what you do is not something that is easily done by yourself. It's also where the community comes in, where you get a diversity, where, again, it's the generous feedback that you get on, on certain challenges that you have that yeah, removes blind spots. It encourages you to explore new paths. It just brings so much extra to run this as a, as a community rather than just on your own. So, I mean, if, if people think about an online community, and you were mentioning the whole, the whole topic around courses, what is the difference between an online course platform and an online community platform that has a course within? Oh, that's a great question. So, you know, fundamentally what so much of learning is, you know, again, we use, we use the phrase mastering something interesting or, or yeah. you know, mastering something important together is you know, how universities work or, you know, it's who you go to school with as much as what you learn in the classroom. And yet the first generation of online courses and online course platforms have really focused nearly exclusively on the content. 
So they've, they've essentially said, oh, well, if you learn in, you know, you learn through content and content has a place, but what's really powerful about online courses, it, it is essentially a structured journey to learn something or master something. And when you do that, actually you need people there. People make it come alive. People make it three-dimensional and technicolor and amazing. And that's, you know, again, we're learning this the hard way right now where it's like, well, you know, is a virtual classroom, if it's just the teacher talking, you know, worth as much as being in, you know, in person with people? Now, I think the answer, you know, can be and should be yes, but you got to do it differently than content. Like content is static. Content is... You know, is very hard to pay attention to for long periods of time, which is why online course platforms that just have content have very low completion rates. Yep, true. People don't finish the courses. And so, you know, we at Money Networks, we started as a community platform and we didn't have online courses. And what happened was something super fascinating which was that our customers, our hosts, as we call them, because we're all hosting yeah. you know, mighty, our own mighty networks, started coming to us and they're like, why don't you just build online courses into a mighty network? You know, that way we don't have to like have a different platform. We don't have to have, God forbid, a Facebook group. Because what was happening was online course platforms, because they did only had content, people would then, the, the, the course instructors would have to go and then start a Facebook group. But Facebook groups have a lot of problems, especially if you want people to have focus and to actually absorb and master something interesting or important together. So we saw this and we're like, oh, that's interesting. We didn't even think that we would build courses into a mighty network. And, you know, we ignored it, not ignored it. We were listening, but we didn't start working on it for about a year. And then we built them. And then people were like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And it was completely from working and and co-creating with our customers, with our hosts, And what's been fascinating is that through this experience, something really special has happened in terms of online courses in a Mighty Network. So today, you can create a content-only course within a Mighty Network. So you can have sort of the overall community. And and again, we don't have a way to just offer content the way that you can on other platforms because at that point, go work on the other platforms. So everything we do starts with this notion of a community or really the way we think about it is creating a network where people are connecting with each other such that the value of the network increases to everyone with each new person who joins. So imagine somebody new shows up and they're like, oh, this is how I did it. That now is more valuable because that story has been contributed, that those ideas have been contributed by that new member to everyone because they're not just sitting in the audience and the only person that's hearing you know, from them is the instructor, which is how most everything else is set up. So now you can have a course within a mighty network that's just content. So you have the community with just content. You also can have a dedicated course community with that content So you have the content and the dedicated course community. So you can offer your course and community together in the same place. So you don't have to have, you know, your, your courses on teachable and your, your community on a Facebook group, which, which again was creating really low completion rates and and a lack of engagement when your community and your courses are together in the same place, you're actually going to have a lot more engagement. 
let me make a small interruption here. Gina just made an excellent remark about how, by combining different concepts, you can get value that's larger than the sum of its components. This is a perfect example of creating difference rather than just something better. And also, what it requires to turn customers into fans. And these are two traits remarkable software businesses master. It's something that you can master as well. There are two ways to do that. Either buy my book, The Remarkable Effect, on Amazon or any portal where they sell books online, or simply join our tribe, where you will be able to level up with your peers, tech entrepreneurs that are on a similar journey as you as well. And you can find more details about that on valueinspiration.com. Back to the interview. And then the other thing that happened is we realized that actually, you know, most people, when they think about online courses, they think about online courses as like something that you have to spend six months building and you have to make, you know, 30 videos and, you know, you know, just overwhelm people. You know, I sort of think about it as the shock and awe of content. And so what happens is that either people invest a ton of time and effort in their content without thinking about the people that you want to bring together. And then you also don't get any feedback on it. So what we did is we launched our own online course. We call it community design. It's, it's, you know, our promise with our community design masterclass and our promise is to create a community so valuable you can charge for it. And so well designed that it essentially runs itself. And what we found was that we could actually build out the content in live sessions every week. So we, we, yeah. we just almost did it as a just-in-time course. And we think about it as like a one-concept week. So you introduce a concept, you offer a case study, you lay out a weekly challenge, and people get results from that week. And you do that for six weeks, and you have created an amazing online course, or five weeks in, in our case. And so what we realized is that because we had combined community and courses in the same place, you could build a course in real time without a lot of work. And so the unique combination that we offer is the ability to have a community where the, the course content is, is almost secondary. So you can build the course, what we call live. And, you know, we've now had over in our community design masterclass, you know, which again, did not take us six months to build. We built it live, you know, on the fly. And today we've had over 2000 people go through this course really successfully. And it's, it's turned into a, a six figure revenue stream for us in less than, I guess, eight months now. So, you know, it's what I would say to anyone who's listening to this podcast is creating the journey to master something interesting together by using a combination of community and structured content or, or a course is incredibly easy to do. And yeah. you can build something that is super valuable and really fun. And so that's my plug, my very long-winded plug for thinking about having your, you know, one, creating an online course and two, creating an online course where you are bringing your course and community together in one place. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's absolutely doing the, yeah. I mean, I think it sums it all up in what you just said with creating or countering something yeah, meaningful together, going somewhere together as a group. And if you're all on the same journey, you're all of the same type of motivation there, then it's, then it really multiplies the impact you can get from it. And yes, I've, absolutely. Um, that was also what I experienced myself. So kind of on that journey, on that journey of building mighty networks, and you just, I think, highlighted one, one aspect of yeah, how you 
your thoughts have changed in terms of how you build a platform like this and what it needs to be all about. In the time that it has been available right now, what have you really created that, that makes the platform remarkable as it is? How, what have you different from, for example, things that people, you mentioned it already a couple of times, the Facebooks of this world? Yeah. Uh, or the, or yeah. the LinkedIn's, because everybody, to me, always says, why don't you do your community on LinkedIn or Facebook? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there are plenty of communities that should be Facebook groups. You know, if, if you want to have something for, you know, your small group, that it's just a, a way to sort of communicate. Although a lot of that's moved to, you know, text threads, you know, iPhone yeah. or WhatsApp text threads. But a Facebook group that's just, you know, to kind of mess around, it, you know, where it's about being fans of a sport, for example, or, you know, if it's really more about the, the tribalism of, you know, we all think alike, that's really where Facebook groups are great. Where they fall down is in a journey to master something interesting or important together. Yeah. And, you know, that's where, you know, with a Facebook group, you actually don't get to communicate with all the people who are in your Facebook group. There's no way to message all members. Facebook stands in between you as the group admin and your group and decides on your behalf, but really on behalf of Facebook, what those members see at any point in time. And so it's very difficult to create those connections between members. Because again, it's also, you know, it's one thing you're doing amongst 50 other things you're doing on Facebook. And True. so it's just a very different experience than, you know, the physical world equivalent of a workshop or a retreat or a class or a small group or even just a set of friends. And when you can focus, when you can really fully immerse yourself in a, when you can fully immerse yourself in a culture, that's what we allow you to do with a mighty network, you know, in large part because it exists outside the noise and clutter of Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely or, a place or for any this, of the so. other social media platforms for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. True. Exactly. And I agree with you. It's the focus that makes it super, super powerful because you're there for that particular you to, yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. You get to create, the way we talk about it internally is you get to create your own world. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. So in that journey, I mean, one of the things, of course, this, is, this podcast is, is typically also targeted at tech entrepreneurs on a mission, you know, companies that want to create a difference in the world. And that's what you're doing with your platform. What has been the, the most difficult decision in this journey so far? building mighty networks? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know that there's one over overwhelming one or overarching one, I should say. I would almost say, I was talking to somebody about this this morning. It's the sheer volume of decisions. You know, we are a platform that essentially is trying to bring different pieces of the ecosystem together. And our customers are coming to us when they have just been, you know, running just a mess of fragmented services that do one thing and do that thing very, very well, but it doesn't actually connect to everything else. And so, you know, on any given day, we probably see 50 to 100 product requests, product feature requests. I want to do this. I want to do this. Can we do this? Can we? And we love it. Like, it's awesome. 
but you know, it creates a level of just decision making because you're like, does that matter? Like, oh yeah, that does matter. But where would it go? And how should we prioritize it? And is it more important than like the events feature we're about to like revamp or, you know, where does it go? And so it's less that there's sort of one big strategic question. And I, I would say increasingly, you know, with software in general, it's millions of small decisions and, you know, maintaining one's own psychology and grounding and focus when your brain literally is making all of these decisions and trade-offs on any given day, especially for a kind of product that we have, you know, we're very fortunate that, you know, we talk to as many customers as we do. And we've been doing this for so long, but there are definitely some days where it's like any one of us on our team is like, okay, I give up. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's a lot. Like we got a lot yeah. to do. I can completely see that. By the way, to be clear, we don't really give up, but it's just like that moment before you get to the solution where you're like, oh, that's a lot. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've been in this this role exactly myself. What I always got inspired with is Steve Jobs is saying, you know, innovation is not what you do, but it's a lot about what you not do and what what you say no to. What has been that, I mean, talking about the things that you, where you say, this is a definite no. I mean, how do you keep your company really focus on your North Star? Yeah, it's a really important question. One is to be very clear on what the North Star is. You know, so for us, it is how do we unlock, you know, a million creators and and digital small business owners and even larger brands if they want to, to build really successful communities with a business model, with the ability to invest in it, and to move away from this sense that, you know, again, that somehow it's about creating passive income or something like that. But instead, it's like, imagine each and every one of us could invest more of our time and energy and passion and focus into the things that really matter to us and make those connections between members around the things that, you know, they can't get done on their own because communities allow you to do more and reach for much bigger goals and to belong to something larger than ourselves and to to stretch and grow in ways that just aren't possible when we're all kind of just operating on our own. That's and so true. that's our vision is to is to be the platform for creators to be able to build digital products and services fueled by community and to really do that in a best in class way. And, you know, you know, we're, we, we're super impressed by platforms like Shopify, where, you know, they've been able to do this for e-commerce. We think there's an even bigger power and, and, and really a more important mission. You know, people don't really need more stuff, but they absolutely need more connection and more connection, more opportunities to learn and get better, you know, make better, more well-informed decisions about their careers, their health, their wellness, their spiritual practices, their, you know, personal finance, you know, how they approach their life. And to do that, you know, in an environment that is, is connected and supporting and allows each of us to dream a little bit bigger. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. I I know that I I can be more ambitious because of the connection that I have with our customers and, you know, what we, what we've done together in whether it's the community design masterclass or in, you know, our own mighty network 
you know, as well. Yeah, I completely acknowledge that. And that's what I see myself as well. I mean, my business has been project oriented for two and a half years. And this is the year after I, I've written my book, The, Mar- the Remarkable Effect. And now is the year to switch it to a membership model. And what cool. I see with that is that I used to kind of speak to my customers let's say, every, every one or two or three months. Now I speak to them every week. Yeah. And do you find it's as energizing as I find it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, I feel like community because of Facebook groups has just gotten this bad rap as mm-hmm. being a grind, you know, that it's, it's hard work. And, you know, you, you talk to so many people and, and the thing that they say is communities are such hard work. They're a grind. You know, I'm so tired. I'm like, well, you're tired because you're doing it for free. And you don't know why you're doing it and you haven't set the right expectations with people. But I can tell you when you do set the right expectations and you structure your community well, it is the most energizing professional experience that I have ever had. And it is fun. And I think that that just gets lost sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That is what's keeping me energized every morning, you know, to, to yeah. build this and to make it grow. And like you said, it's not a one, it's not a one to many type of approach. It's, it's not even about me. I mean, my people in my community, is, they're not coming for me. They're coming yeah. for each other. And that's what some of them still have to learn. And when they see it, it's magic. Yeah. Yeah. So let me see. Over the past period, what has been the moment where you suddenly had that, that sort of that, that tipping point? What made that happen for you? Yeah. You know, I think the tipping points for us have always come around, you know, a major step up in a product improvement or that we've launched a new initiative. Like again, the community design example I, I just gave a bit ago, or, you know, we just, we just did the second version of our, of our online courses and have just seen a tremendous amount of success from them as a result. So those tend to be really important. And obviously, as, as people have been sheltering in place really recently, you know, it, it has become a time for them to look at and say, what I thought would be a physical conference or a physical event, I need to move it online. And, you know, I think a lot of people start with, okay, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do exactly what I, was, I did in the physical world, but now I'm going to do it on Zoom. And the real opportunity to think about is, wait a second, how do I use digital in the very best ways? Ways that, you know, just are so much more valuable than anything you can do in the physical world. And so that when, you know, we can meet up again in person, if that ever becomes, you know, <laughs> the truth or, or, or reality, sure. yeah. then, and of course it will, but it's going to be so much more vibrant because instead of awkwardly standing in line for, coffee at a conference and maybe talking to the person next to you, but they're probably talking to other people and it's just sort of weird. And there's a lot of small talk or transactional conversations. Digital lets you get rid of all of that stuff. And so the connection that you have with somebody, you know, think about a a physical event is almost a reunion. You know, it's, it's the time and place where you don't have to have all of the BS, but rather like, Hey, I'm so glad you're standing here because I really want to ask you this question that's deeper because we already have trust. True. Yeah. Very different. And that's one of the things I'm, I'm really excited about with where we're at. That's cool. So what are you most proud of achieving so far? I mean, what is an anecdote where you said, I mean, I, that this, this is mind blowing. I keep talking about it. You know, I have made 
the decision that the thing about you know creating something from nothing is there is a a natural law to it, which is there are high highs and low lows. So you know on days where you know it just feels like you know we can't we can't solve something we want to solve, or you know that that we can't make the people happy that we want to make happy. You know, for every one of those days, yesterday, for example, I got three emails and posts in in our you know community mighty house that were just beautiful and were so complimentary of what we've built and and how we've built it. That is fuel, and I think it's actually just a bigger point to make, which is, you know, when each and every one of us appreciates somebody or something, tell them. And it's something, you know, one, it'll make you feel better, but also you just don't know what that other person, you know, is navigating. And so if there's an opportunity, you know, and, and, and again, in the same way, you know, be clear about feedback of something that's not working. We're all here to fix stuff and to make things that are better. And in, in your case, to make things that are remarkable. And I think that's so powerful. So in terms of, what is fuel for me, one, seeing people have success, you know, seeing the light bulbs go off in our community design masterclass, seeing people write in with their wins to mighty hosts, you know, and, you know, successful launches or things that they're really excited about. And so that is just really special and something I'm very grateful for. I can completely see why you think that way. And it's, it's those small things often that make the biggest difference. So getting to rounding off, based on what you've learned as an entrepreneur, creating a company that I would call remarkable. What are the, the tidbits of wisdom that you, that you could share with, with other tech entrepreneurs to create a remarkable software business themselves? What are the things that you say, this is what you must do or not do? Yeah, I think there's so many you know, stories and, and there's so much startup advice out there. Oh my God. And many of it is conflicting. <laughs> so here's what I would offer that may not be super obvious is, you know, again, we talk about, in the same way we talk about communities as being a grind and hard work and blah, 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 blah. Whatever you do, you've got to have an element of joy to it. A friend of mine calls it slaying, you know, joy in slaying the dragons. And if you don't enjoy the process and you don't actually give yourself the time and the space to, especially if you're leading a startup, to maintain your optimism, your positivity. And it's, look, it is, it is really easy in the startup world to get punched in the face regularly, yeah. proverbially, that is. So I think you know, building practices into one's day to find the joy, the energy, and what gives you energy is super important for, you know, for any of us as entrepreneurs, especially when you know, so much of the narrative of startups is what a grind it is and how you have to hustle and you have to like, if you're not, if you're not working, you know, at 2 a.m., then you are lazy. You know, the flip side being, you know, now there's a whole other narrative around you need to have work-life balance. Like, I don't think you can have work-life balance with a startup. The flip side is that's where you've got to find a bigger calling and a larger mission and know that you are having an impact on people and that, that your work matters. And so finding that joy, I had a friend one time say to me, he's like, I knew I had to take a sabbatical because I had lost my sense of humor. And I just thought that was so beautifully yeah. said that I always kind of watch for, am I losing my sense of humor? Because if I am, I need to take a break. 
wise advice. I think we'll all follow up on that one. So, yeah, I mean, thanks for this. This was, as I was expecting, full of passion, full of wise advice, full of super strong ideas. And so, yeah, where can people go to find out more about Mighty Networks and say hi to you? MightyNetworks.com. You know, create a Mighty Network and we will, you know, funnel you to the right places. That's for sure as well. And where can people uh, best connect with you? You know, on Mighty Networks and Mighty Hosts. That's literally the best place. Like I have, you know, social media, like my Twitter handle is Gina B, G-I-N-A-B. But I would say that where I really love and spend my time is in Mighty Hosts, which is our, which is our Mighty Network. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the, the network. Yeah. I mean, thank you very much. It's just, like I said, I learned a lot again. I got some new ideas and I got some more inspiration about why I'm doing this and go even harder for it or more. Awesome. I love hearing that. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It was a pleasure. All right. Take care. Thank you. And this ends my conversation with Gina. I hope you liked it as much as I did. Please share your thoughts and any questions you still have. And if you liked it and got inspired by it, please share it with tech entrepreneurs on a mission that you have in your network. Other than that, Thanks for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Gina Bianchini, founder and CEO of Mighty Networks. As said, the goal that I have in this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Before I close, I have two more comments to make. If you know other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that have a story worth sharing, please send me an email at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas. And that starts with you. And if you want to know more about my book or you're interested in joining the Remarkable Effect tribe, please visit my website at www.valueinspiration.com. Thanks for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast on iTunes or provide me with your feedback directly. I'll see you shortly on a new episode. questions we've got answers business leadership ownership and sales can be challenging tune into the accelerate your business growth podcast to learn from the world's experts join me your host diane helbig as i chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business you'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas tips and suggestions you need to realize greater success Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.